Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and in this week's podcast episode, I thought we'd do something a little bit different than what we normally do. You see, we always get some really great questions in for these podcasts, from people that respond back to the emails, or or put a question out on the blog, or on our Facebook page, or on our YouTube channel, and uh, and I love getting questions in because... Our whole goal with Modern Combat and Survival is to answer the questions that people have, to really help serve the people who are looking for this information. But we don't always get a chance to answer all the questions that are submitted. I mean, there's only so much we can possibly do. So I thought we'd kind of go back to that backlog a little bit and pull out one of the questions and go ahead and answer it on this week's podcast. And this question that we're going to be going over for this one is going to be all about bugging out and survival food. And I thought this was a really great question that came in, so uh, I look forward to it. So let's go ahead and get started. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, the question that I chose for today's podcast uh, comes from Terry V. And he says, my number one question is this. I'm building up food reserves and do not really have a safe hiding place, and I don't have a bug-out location. I'm stuck here. Where can I hide my emergency food? Okay, so actually I think uh, where I want to start with this isn't actually where the question ended up being. So so what I mean by that is what really, what really grabbed me from Terry's question is the I'm stuck here. I don't have a bug-out location. So that's the first thing I want to deal with because – you should never, ever, ever in your plan feel like you only have one avenue of survival. You never want to be in that position where you're saying to yourself, I'm stuck here. I don't have options. And I hear that actually a lot, mostly from people who are older. Maybe they're senior citizens or they have mobility issues and they don't feel like they, they'd be able to, to navigate to another, to another bug out location. Um, or people have pets and they don't want to leave them behind. So there's always this perception out there that, you know, I, well, I can't bug out. And I think that's very limiting, first of all, um, because you don't have to fall into kind of that, that doomsday prepper mode of bugging out only means that you have to basically put a, a giant backpack on your back and start walking off into into the wasteland. You know, you you should always have, I mean, your primary mode of transportation is always going to be a vehicle. So, uh, you know, that, that might fail at some point, but there are times where your, your decision to bug out is going to be made for you. There's not going to be a, I'm stuck here. As an example, my town just went through a 500-year flood. 75 homes were dragged off into the river. People were up on top of their roofs. They were they were trapped in their attics with the water rising. And and in those situations, you can't just throw your hands up in the air and say, "Oh well, I guess this is it, Martha. We're going to drown." So you really have to make sure that you you address that that I don't have a place to go thing first before you even worry about the food that you have because you can do without food for a few days, but your decision to buck out 
might be one that you have to deal with right then and there, and that's instant life or death. So that's the first thing. Now, just to kind of give you some options of that where you don't feel like you're stuck is who do you have that is a relative or relatives, preferably in different directions from where you live, that you could go temporarily if you needed to. Now, having a location to bug out to is different than you know knowing when to bug out knowing when to get on the road, being able to get ahead of the mass panic that, that's caused by a lot of disasters and things like that. That's a whole other topic. But just to make sure that you have a location, all you really need to, to get started is to know where you have relatives who you'd be able to stay with if you needed to get out of the area. And the routes that get you there, would they be air, would they be passable routes that you'd be able to get to? So in other words, I live down by the coast, uh, the Gulf Coast, and if I chose a path maybe that were right along the coast, if it were a hurricane, those routes probably wouldn't be any good, right? So so you just have to, like, look at where your routes are, have alternative routes to get to those different locations, and set something up. You don't need a bunker somewhere off in, in the mountains or anything to be able to do that. So that's the first thing I would say. And you don't want to make it all that far away. I always tell people 75 to 150 miles away is about a quarter to a half a tank of gas, or if you, for some reason, could not get get into a vehicle and get to a bug out location, then it's about a one day bike ride. Okay, so um, so you you want to make sure that you have those options to be able to get to some place. I didn't I didn't like the I'm stuck here comment. So so definitely I don't think you are. I think it just takes a little bit of creativity. So the second thing I want to talk to, let's go back to the food situation, which is what type of food are you building up for your food reserves? Um, it says that I'm, I'm building up food reserves. So what type of emergency food are you are you preparing? Because that that has to happen first before you determine where are you going to hide these things. So, um, you know, if, if it's something like canned goods, well, I always recommend I mean, I always recommend actually a, a variety of different. We'll call it survival food. But really, it's you know, a lot of, it's just food, basically. So, you know, canned goods, if you have a pantry have it set up so that you are constantly replenishing what you buy. Uh, we always say buy a little bit extra. Each time you go to the store, just buy one or two extra cans of what you already eat because that's going to be your most readily available food. Okay, so I mean, it's it's much better to just take out a can, pop it open, heat it over some sterno or something like that if you have to, or just eat it right out of the can. The, the simplicity is going to be really – is going to be – it's going to be something you're, you're definitely going to want, especially in a survival situation. Okay, so you don't want to, these big meals that you have to cook and things like that. So you can build up food reserves just in the way of canned goods and dry goods. I would recommend that you, like I said, you want to rotate those. And the dry goods, you want to make sure that you choose things with a, with a longer shelf life. So coconut oil is one that will last basically forever. Honey will last basically forever. Those are two really good survival-type foods, just to name a couple, that um, have a really long shelf life. And these are things that you don't have to hide. They're just there. Now, if you've got an entire cellar full of food, enough to fee uh, feed a small army, that's a different story, and we'll talk about that. But what type of emergency food? So canned goods are one thing. Uh, the other thing I would say is with your survival food is what, what do you have that you can grow? So if you have a garden of some kind, if you uh, are able to do that, or if you have 
food that is like wild, like game, not not wild game, but well, wild game is is one example. So, do you have the ability to hunt in your area? Do you have a license to hunt? Do you have a weapon to be able to hunt? Uh, do you have fishing supplies? Do you know where the local fishing holes? Things like that are food that are out there. Again, you don't have to hide those things; they're just readily available if you know how to get them. If you can, you raise chickens. You know, a lot of people aren't in a situation where they where they're able to do that. But those are different options that you might have. Okay. So, um, and then the other thing I would say on on the types of food are what I really like are freeze dried meals. My friend has a, a a company where he is I would say the number one seller for for survival food. And the survival food comes in these containers that'll protect it from the elements. But also, I mean, you can you can have a whole one year's worth of supply. I have a, I have one year's supply, and it doesn't take up a lot of room at all. And it comes in container kits, and it has a 25 year shelf life. Now, that's not going to be as nutritious, obviously. I mean, what it takes to get something to be a 25 year shelf life is not going to be the most nutritious food, as like a, having a garden and fresh fresh fruits and vegetables and things like that and having game around you. But it is nutritious meal. It does give you the calories that you need, and it will help you for a, for a very long period of time to be able to do that. And it's what I like about them is that they're very portable. So whereas canned goods aren't necessarily very portable, you can put some into your vehicle if you, if you need to get out. But after at that point, if your vehicle does break down and you ever have to get on either on on bicycle or foot or skateboard or whatever you need to do, canned goods and things like that are really, really heavy and you're not going to be able to carry as much. That's why I like freeze-dried meals. And by freeze-dried meals, I'm not talking about MREs. I'm not a big fan of MREs. I know a lot of people are because it has that military feel to it and everything, but Really, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan. I mean, having carried them on my back for 10 years, I can tell you they're actually very heavy. They're very nutrient dense, but there are other other things about them that I just I'm just not a big fan of the MRE thing. Freeze dried meals are much lighter. They're they're much more portable. They store very easily, and you can you can carry a lot of it, and and it and they're delicious. I mean, you have much better tasting meals than you would get out of MREs or anything else as well. So. So uh, those are those are the best types or, or, the, or the considerations that you want to look at when it's the type of food. Now we'll get back to the final question, which was, where can I hide my emergency food? But first, before we hit that question, go ahead and check out this special message. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. 
and how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can if you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back. And Terry V's question finally is, where can I hide my emergency food? And this is another one of those, well, it depends question, because who are you hiding your food from? So that's going to make a big difference. I mean, if you're looking at where can I hide it from people that would come into my home for a dinner party or something like that, that's pretty easy to to, to figure out, right? I mean, you, your canned goods are going to be your canned goods. Like I said, if you've got a, a cellar full of canned goods, that might look a little weird to a lot of people, especially if you've got gas masks hanging hanging down next to the the, uh, the giant bales of flour. But for most people, having a pantry filled with food is not obviously not unheard of, and lots of people do stock up, period. So there's no big deal when it comes to that stuff. But if you're looking at hiding from, you know, during a sort of disaster where people might be coming and they want, they want food from you or they – are you uh, somebody it's like a, more of the authorities are coming in to confiscate things or they're searching houses and things like that. Well, that's a bit of a different story. And so the first part of that hiding doesn't come from actually where you hide your food, but how you hide your preps all in all. What I mean by that is, are you going out there and telling people how prepared you are? And I find this a lot. A lot of people want to brag about how prepared they are. And that's the worst thing that you can possibly do. I know it feels great and it's like, you know, ah, ha, ha, you know, I'm more prepared than you are. And it, it just makes, it makes us feel better that we are, that we're more prepared than other people. Uh, that strokes the ego. But if, when people know that you have food, even if they're your best friends or your neighbors or your family, you're obviously not going to be able to feed everybody. And I know lots of people have said, you know, my, my friends joke, they, they make fun of me and they say, yeah, I know exactly where to go when a disaster hits. I'm coming to your house. That's true. I've had people in, that were in disasters and that's exactly what happened. Their friends came and they didn't get turned away, but they ate all the food. In fact, they ate all the food that they shouldn't have been eating. So, you know, that's, that stuff's going to happen if you open your mouth. Your best bet is to, is to hide everything by not talking about it. So that's one thing. Now, where can you actually hide your food? Because there are some things that you can do. If you are looking at freeze-dried food like uh, we were talking about before, then those are relatively easy to do. Now, now, they come in storage boxes. And like I said, my friend has one. Um, he has his company. That's what I carry. I have, I have a year's worth for my family of freeze-dried meals. You can check that out if you want to. You can go to patriotsurvivalfood.com. Uh, PatriotSurvivalFood.com. You can go ahead and and, uh, and and get the same thing that I get there. Um, now they come in boxes, these these plastic containers, but they're not watertight. I don't know that you necessarily need that. It's just that when you're looking at protection from the elements, if it's something like a flood, they're not going to. It's not going to necessarily protect the food. Although I mean, it's it's in pouches inside of those kits. But um, in any case, I like to have something that's a little bit. You know, more anyway, if I, w I don't plan on being in the water anyway, I'd be bugging out, which is why I like the freeze dried meals. But here's a little trick that you can do that I did. So 
if you've got, let's say I've got, a, I've got a, a full, you know, one year's worth is about, um, I think it's like five of these, these containers and they're pretty, they're pretty thin, but they, they stack up to be about five feet tall. Okay. That's about a, a year's worth of food right there. Now, uh, if, if somebody just saw these, these all monochromatic, um, survival, well, I won't say call them survival, but these, these plastic bins stacked up somewhere in your house, that might look a little odd. So what I've done is we have these plastic bins. They're different colors. They're the same type of bins, only a little bit larger. And we just mark on the outside Christmas ornaments, wrapping paper, uh, things like that, and then stack those inside of where we would normally stack our Christmas ornaments and our wrapping paper. So if anybody does come through, I mean, typically if it's any sort of like authorities or anything like that, or even your friends are over or whatever, they go to hang up a coat in the hall closet. All they see is they don't, they don't see these, this stack back in there like, Hey dude, why are these, what, what's all that stuff in those, in those, in those, uh, those gray bins back there? You know, if they, if they look like, if it looks like you've got a whole bunch of one thing, somebody's going to ask you, hey, what's all that stuff right there? But if they open up the, the closet door and they, they hang up their coat and they see Christmas ornaments and wrapping paper, instantly they're, I mean, they're not even going to think about what's in there. They know what's in there. It's Christmas ornaments and wrapping paper. So the best place to hide some stuff is really often in plain sight. So, so that's one thing. The other thing I would say is, you know, don't let anyone in your house, if you do have like that cellar full of stuff, but don't let anyone in your house, definitely during a disaster or in certain parts of your house where you are storing things, if you don't want them to be part of your survival team when something happens anyway. So even when something does happen and your friends are knocking on the door, you need to know ahead of time. You don't want to be making that decision right there because they'll be begging and pleading and you need to have your plan in place about what you're going to do. Now, oftentimes that's a good reason to bug out because if, you know, let's face it, it is going to be hard to turn away your friends. So you don't, you know, and your family and things like that. But if you're not there, you don't have to worry about it, right? So if you can get out of the area and nobody knows where you're going, you keep your survival retreat hidden and, and, um, and secret and or where you're going to be going and you take your food with you. OK, so that's that's another consideration there. Let's talk about some other places that you can hide your food because you can have a garden. Now, you can obviously have an outdoor garden, which will give you. Um, well, that's that's what I like, because you can keep replenishing the food that you have, depending upon where you live in the in the seasons, obviously. But that is one one of the considerations also is that you are limited by what you can grow, where you are, what your seasons are and things like that. The other thing is that when a disaster happens, if it truly does, and we talk about how when resupply is, is shut down, most people only have three days of food in their house. That's from a survey. About 75% of America has only about three days of food in their house if, if their power was shut down and they were forced to live on what they have. Uh, besides that, our country is actually on a three-day resupply cycle. So that means that Everything operates on about a three-day resupply. That includes food. So within three days, if resupply is shut down around the country for some reason or to an area, there's, there's generally only about three days' worth of food in that area to be able to supply everybody. So that means the grocery store shelves are going to get picked clean and things like that. If you have a garden, it'll help replenish things. But when it gets down to where people are really hungry, you can pretty much kiss your garden goodbye because anybody that can see a garden that you have is going to obviously raid it. 
either right in front of your face or they're going to wait till the middle of the night and you wake up the next day to go pull off a squash and there's nothing there. So, so that's one consideration. Now, if they can't see it, all the better. So that leads us to indoor gardening. And nowadays with hydroponics and, and aquaponics and things like that, you can really do a lot in a very small area. All you really need is one closet that can be hooked up really easily with a vertical tower system. There are ways to do it. Um, we've promoted some different systems that are out there, some that even incorporate the use of fish for self-fertilizing the, the, the plants that you have, as well as being able to farm the fish for, for food. So there's a lot that you can do there. Not every, now, not everybody wants to take a closet that they have and, and turn it into a, a farm or a spare bedroom into, into a, a farm for vegetables and fish. So one of the things that you can do is to get a, a, one of the small sheds. Just go down to Home Depot and get yourself one of the either your do it, the do-it-yourself sheds that are the wooden ones, and you can you can put it together, or you can have somebody put it together for you. The only thing I would say is put it in a place on your property that is relatively close to your home that's going to be shielded so that people can't see you, you know, bring watermelons out of the shed. That's going to look a little weird. So you want to have some means of of hiding your entry and exit so that you're, it's not looking obvious. Now, the other thing you can do is have, you know, obviously store store those vegetables that you're pulling out of there so that they're hidden like in a basket or something like that where it doesn't look where it doesn't look weird. But you'll be able to, to put a, a small farm inside of there. You can include fish in there and things like that. You might want to make sure that it's insulated, depending upon where, you, where in the United States or wherever you live, um, so that it can it can weather the seasons. But there's a lot you can really uh, do with that. So I, I do like indoor gardens, and I have I, well, I, let's just say that I've been tinkering with with them for quite a while. Okay, well, Terry, that should give you some really good, hopefully, some really good tips on where what you can do with survival food as far as like what you're what you're building up for your reserves as well as different ways that you can hide them okay so uh so definitely take those tips to heart go ahead and do a self-analysis of what you're doing and definitely by all means if you got one thing out of this make sure that you are do not have the i'm stuck here feeling okay so definitely find out find a different location that you can go to in the emergency if you have to all right. So, all right, everybody. So that's going to wrap up this week's podcast. We've got some more great stuff coming up for you in the, in the coming weeks. We've got some great new guests that we're going to be introducing everyone to. So definitely check out the, um, the newsletter and what the different, different topics are going to be and make sure that you submit your questions for our podcast because we really want to make sure that we're covering everything that you need. Okay. So thanks again to Terry and everybody else who's been submitting, uh, great feedback as well as the questions. And the tips keep them coming. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing them. And until our next Modern Combat Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. been modern combat and survival we hope you've enjoyed the show you can help us out by rating our podcast on itunes and leaving a comment you can check us out on facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival and don't forget to claim your free subscription to modern combat and survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com lock and load and we'll see you next time This has been Modern Combat and Survival.